Welcome back to The Conversation. I'm your host, Alec Beers. I'm currently the marketing coordinator for Northwest Christian Schools of Lacey, and I'm excited to be taking this time to do a podcast series covering the impacts of COVID-19 on the local business community. Please forgive the audio quality on this series. I hope to eventually record in a professional radio studio, but for now, since we're observing social distancing, I have to settle for my dining room table and a video conference. Fortunately, the wisdom that these business owners share stands out, even if the audio quality doesn't. Today, I'm excited for the opportunity to speak with Adam and Chance over at Cigar Daddy's in the city of Lacey. I really appreciate their part in our community as a high-end cigar shop and lounge. It's a great place for events, when the times are better. This whole COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way many of us operate our businesses, and Cigar Daddy's is no exception. They had an interesting journey collaborating with the Washington State Governor's Office on whether or not they were an essential business, whatever that means. With that, let's jump right into the conversation. So, um, Adam, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what your business is, what your position is, and how long you've been there. Yeah, so our business is Cigar Daddies. Obviously, we are a cigar store. Uh, we specialize in premium cigars and pipe tobacco. Uh, we also have a lounge separate from the building that is a private club. Uh, the members can come and enjoy a cigar in an indoor area. Uh, I've actually been with the business uh, for roughly about three years now, so I wasn't one of the founders, uh, but we're a family business, so um, obviously I'm... Uh, part of the family. So my sister actually and my dad were the ones who started it. And uh, I've since kind of taken the reins and uh, inserted myself into uh, the whole situation. So um, me personally, I actually have, uh, I was doing sales of various kinds. I did a lot of car sales and cell phones, that kind of thing. Uh, So I was well-versed in dealing with people uh, and just kind of that overall interaction. So it's been kind of a blessing to come into this scene uh, where the cigar world is a very social atmosphere. Uh, so it's nice to be able to kind of chat with the guys and get to meet new people and, and do that whole thing. Definitely. Definitely. That's cool. And and yeah, I can see how the sales background would translate well. Into well, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a people person, man. So give me someone to talk to and that's what I'm feeling my best. For sure. Well, here we are talking. Um, Chance, do you want to weigh in on kind of what what your position is and how long Cigar Daddies has been around um, and what what you were doing before you and McKenna took that that jump? Well, I'm uh, still a uh, licensed real estate agent here in town. I've been doing that for about 29 years. And uh, we came up with this idea about uh, eight years ago. And um, we started looking for a building to uh, to put this up, and I ended up buying the old Olympic Ambulance building there on uh, Lacey Boulevard, and we converted it into Cigar Daddies. Um, we've been open; it'll be eight years, uh, June twelfth. So uh, we've had a great run, um, getting a great response from the community. So um, turned out to be a pretty interesting business. So I still do full time real estate. And, uh, you know, I'm one of the uh, founder owners along with my wife and daughter and son. So uh, we truly are a family business. Yeah. What he's not telling you was, is everyone was just sitting around in the garage one day smoking cigars and somewhat jokingly threw out the idea that we should open up a cigar store. And 
uh, a little over seven years later, here we are. Well, I have to say, I just, as soon as I found out about that, that building, I mean, what you guys have done with the location itself is it gets better and better the more that I, the more that I see it. So I appreciate that. So when, uh, when this all started, um, were you classified as an essential or non-essential business when the restrictions started coming down? Well, I'll tell you what, if you ask me, I was, uh, we've, we've been essential. Um, but I think that was a little bit open up for debate at the beginning there. You know, it was, it was tough for us because, you know, everybody, this, this whole situation has just been very fluid. I don't think really anybody knows what's going on <laughs> fully. Uh, you know, so when all this kind of came about, you know, we wanted to do what's right by the community and, you know, uh, do what's right by our customers and try to do it in the best interest of the population. So, you know, we kind of listened to what Inslee was saying about everything and uh, we're like, okay, you know, maybe it's, you know, the socially responsible thing to to shut our doors. But I mean, we were just kind of, you know, flying by the edge of our seat, you know, Hey, what is the right thing to, for us to do in this situation? So, yeah, I mean, I think that we're thinking at, at first that, Hey, maybe we're not essential, but uh, you know, as things progress, we kind of realize that, Hey, you know, this is, we, we have a place in the community and, and people need us, especially in hard times like these. So I'll add to that, Alex. Um, so when Ansley first came out on the 16th of March, you know, um, I was looking for clarity on, you know, what is essential, non-essential. And when he discussed non-essential, you know, I felt like, you know, we're just a cigar store. And so we shut down on the 16th and then I got some clarity from the uh, uh, governor's office and we opened up three or four days later, Adam, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah. And then, um, and then when it came back down again on the 31st, I think it was, you know, he kind of came back out and, and uh, sort of deemed us non-essential. And then I fired off an email to their office again for some clarity and sort of explained why I thought we were essential. And I put us in the same category as um, maybe a liquor store or even a pot shop. You know, why are those guys open and we're not, you know? And I talked about how people use cigars as an escape. You know, they can go out on their deck and, and take a couple hours and, and, sort of get lost in their thoughts and join a cigar. And to their credit, the very next day, I got a, a letter from them stating that, yes, we are essential and go ahead and open up. So um, that was pretty awesome. So we uh, closed down and then we opened back up. So we shut down twice and now, now we're back open and we're uh, abiding to the uh, six foot rule and, you know, uh, wiping everything down and, you know, really in the best interest of our customers. But I have to say, since we reopened, the numbers don't lie. We're doing some really good business. Well, that's good to hear. So it sounds like those, that initial open, close, open, close, kind of back and forth. Did that all take place in about the the space of a week, it sounds like? Yeah, like a week or two. Yeah, we were shut down the second time for eight or nine days, I think. Felt like an eternity. 
Yeah, before I met, before I fired off that letter, and you know, I wasn't looking for special treatment. I just needed to make the case because, of course, a lot of our customers were calling and wanting to know, and and uh, I just thought about it and I said, you know, I, I think we're essential, especially in these these kind of times. People need that escape, so I'm glad I did, and I'm glad they responded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's a that sounds like a a pretty swift response as well, which is essential in, you know, a situations like what the whole world is facing. So you mentioned uh, being open, uh, wiping everything down, abiding by the six foot rule. Has anything else other than um, abiding by the social distancing rules changed in the way that you're operating? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, again, we're, we're trying to do what's, what's best by our customers. So uh, typically, you know, when, uh, during normal operations, uh, all of our cabinets are unlocked, so customers are free to grab the cigars as they please. Uh, since this whole COVID-19 issue, we've moved to a lock system. So uh, I personally am the only person grabbing cigars, just trying to minimize, you know, all the different contact uh, on the product to take, take care of our customers. Uh, along with that, too, um, we've... Uh, Close down the lounge, uh, so no social, no social gatherings uh, in that aspect. And then on top of that, uh, we're allowing uh, four-person maximum in the store at a time, uh, along with the six-foot rule, just to kind of minimize uh, potential exposure uh, for the customers. Uh, and I think, you know, guys appreciate that. And then on top of that, too, after every single customer that comes in the store, uh, we got some sanitizer there. I wiped down the keypad for uh, credit card transactions. I wiped the door handles. Any kind of contact that anybody might have had was something uh, is sanitized after every single customer. So um, I think that that's making the difference of uh, really getting ahead of the curve uh, with this whole situation. And we've also limited our hours. So we're normally oh, yeah. open 11 till 8, and now we're open from 11 till 6. Sure. Just to minimize, you know, any potential uh, contamination, right? So, um, and it seems to be working out pretty well, but, you know, we'll make those sacrifices along with the customers. That's all. Yeah. That all sounds challenging, but. Well, that's so. tough, man, but you got to do what you got to do. You know, we're all in this together. Right. Yeah. We we're all having to, having to do things very differently from, from how we thought. So, Especially when uh, during those those couple days of of shutdown and then kind of reopening, what was that? What was that most immediate challenge that you had? Other than obviously getting clarity was a challenge, but um, as you were kind of facing being shut down for this is like a total of of about four, 14, 15 days. What what was kind of the challenge there? Well, you know, actually, <laughs> for us, we kind of utilize that time to, to get ahead of some things that, you know, we've been pushing back. So uh, during that time, you know, we used it to get the store cleaned up and uh, more importantly, our inventory done. Uh, so we kind of capitalize on that. But I mean, realistically, I mean, the biggest challenge is, you know, obviously the loss of, of revenue. And uh, on top of that, too, you know, it's just this all kind of came quick. And, you know, a lot of our guys, that's their escape. That's where they find peace of mind is, you know, and they're hour or two or whatever they spend out on the porch, you know, so it's tough having to tell people no and turn them away, you know, when they're just looking for a little peace of mind, but you know, Hey, that's, that's what you gotta do at times like these. I know I almost, I almost called you guys to try to figure out if there was a way we could sell them online and have you deliver them. 
Well, and actually too, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that, that's something that we have been doing too. We got a little sign up in the front of the store, you know, uh, again, trying to protect the customer's best interest, you know, so I got my own personal cell phone number uh, listed there as well as the, the store phone. Uh, so we're encouraging people to, to text in their orders or to call in their orders so I can put it together. Uh, people are in and out, um, you know, with, with minimal contacts. So. so people are uh, are able to order ahead of uh, of time and then just come in and pick pick up their order and not they don't, they're not poking around the store as yeah, much as possible. It, it, exactly. Yeah. You know, same concept as, as, as me grabbing all the scars. You know, just a little less time in, in store. Right. And it seems like minimizing that time is is effective as far as we know. So um, bef- before all this started, kind of over those over the two years that you've been there and then um, maybe chance you want to weigh in on kind of the first the first eight years. What, what would you say the biggest challenge was before the virus impacted everything? of just of running the business or, or operating in that way. So, you know, one of the uh, biggest challenges we had when we first opened up was there was no uh, cigar stores in town. So our biggest challenge was getting people to not buy their cigars off the internet. And um, that's a huge challenge because they have access, internet companies have access to millions of buyers. And we have access to, you know, 200,000 people in our community, you know, the Tri-City area, Thurston County. So for us, it was developing a, a good enough business that people would not buy their cigars online. And I have to say that the community stepped up. And one of my favorite things to hear someone say is, look, I buy my cigars from you because if, if I don't, you guys won't be here. And I said, bingo, you get it. <laughs> so, um, so that was our biggest challenge is, is moving those people from the convenience of ordering the cigars. And quite frankly, you know, they can buy them cheaper online, but you also don't get to come in and buy one cigar and try it. You got to buy a box, you know, of cigars when you buy online. So that was our biggest challenge. And then also uh, getting the word out. You know, because we don't have the avenues of advertising because we're a tobacco shop. We get a lot of pushback from certain uh, venues that uh, won't allow us to advertise because we're tobacco. So there's a little bit of war on tobacco, as you know. So, um, but you know what? We just kept plugging away and, and uh, um, you know, we, we built a, a really good business there but I got to really hand it to the community for understanding what we're doing and, and, and supporting us. So, so it sounds like as you, in a way, the, the virus kind of brings back that, that challenge of, of being able to, you now have to adapt and find new ways to kind of reach out into the community and and build community around a place where people can't gather anymore. Right. So we actually are doing something on the 22nd of April that's never been done before. And we do um, about every six weeks, we do uh, cigar events at our store. And what that is, is we'll pick a particular brand and we'll bring in a bunch of inventory and we give good discounts and um, uh, they get swag and that kind of stuff. 
And those are a pretty good um, uh, days for us. Um, they can be six to $10,000 days. Um, so what we're doing on the 22nd of April is we uh, partnered up with a cigar manufacturer called La Polina Cigars. And we are selling tickets for this virtual event. They get 10 cigars and they get um, 10 tickets for prizes. And we're going to do a Zoom uh, virtual cigar event. But the factory is going to send those cigars directly to our customers. It's a $70, uh, which is a pretty good value. And uh, so I'm really uh, excited to see how this turns out. And we've gotten a pretty good response so far. And we just launched that two days ago. And that's going to be taking place on the 22nd. So those people that are at home are going to receive those cigars. And then they're going to log in to this Zoom event on the 22nd. And we're all going to be there together. And uh, it should be interesting to see how it works. Quick question. Do you guys have any employees other than the owners right now or is it just you we have uh three other employees okay and what what are their roles what do they do well it's actually pretty cool we've got um three gentlemen who work for us part-time but what's really unique about those guys is they're probably without a doubt the best three tobacconists in the state one came from uh a place called the Thunderbird up in Tacoma, which has been there for many, many years. He ran that place for about 16 years. And he works for us on Saturdays. And um, Mark, who is hands down the best tobacconist in the state, works for us on Fridays. And he worked for Smokey Joe's for oh, 12, 12 years. And then he opened up Stogie's and then the that ended up shutting down. So he came to work for us, which is just a blessing. And then, uh, Dirk, uh, Boylan, he, um, worked for Smokey Joe's for about 11 years too. And he works for us on a, uh, need needed basis. So we're very, very fortunate to have those guys as a tobacconist. What are they, what are they bringing to the table for those of us who are less familiar with a tobacconist is like a, um, uh, a wine sommelier, right? I mean, they, they know their, their stuff and they are, um, very, very well versed in, in the cigar world and revered actually. Um, all the cigar manufacturers know those guys. And, uh, the joke is, is that every time somebody leaves a place, they're going to come to work at cigar daddy. So, <laughs> Hey, that's not a bad reputation to have. So what was the most immediate effect on them when the, when the restrictions were put in place? Uh, really not a whole lot, you know, uh, considering that they just fill in here or there, they, they all have kind of their own jobs that they have. So uh, other than that, I'm kind of running the show. So for them, I mean, it was just a couple extra days off a week, you know, so, so, so no biggie. If anything, it was a mini vacay for them. Related to that with all of the, federal stimulus package grants and, and things. Have you guys looked into any of that? Have you applied for any of those? Uh, we have. Um, we applied for... Um, Lacey was doing a 
um, or is doing a stimulus for Lacey businesses. And um, we were actually contacted by them today and uh, they were very impressed with what, what we've done. We're unique because we've only been down for, you know, off and on for such a short period of time, but they were very excited to be able to help us kind of bridge that gap of lost revenue that we had. So I think that's going to be a positive for us. And uh, it's kind of funny. They, you know, we said, we asked the question, you know, what if we don't need all this money? Can we um, get it back to you somehow? And the gal says, I've never had anybody say that. And I said, well, you know, we're doing okay. You know, we'd like to be able to make up what we lost, but if it's more than what we need, we'd like to give it back to, you know, someone else who needs it. And she says, I'm gonna have to look into that. <laughs> it, well, that's a good, that's a good position to be in for, uh, for you guys, for sure. And it, it's, it's exciting to hear businesses searching for ways to support other businesses. You know, Alec, I'll tell you one thing. Um, something I noticed is it's important that other businesses around you thrive. And I'll give you a good example. There used to be a restaurant right there in uh, across the street from us. It was called uh, the Native New Yorker. They were open the first year that we were open. And when a business goes out of business, other businesses around there suffer because what was happening was is people would leave that restaurant and they would have to pull out onto Lacey Boulevard right in front of our place. And I can't count how many people were leaving that restaurant and saw us and pulled in and said, I didn't even know you were here. And that's when I realized that it's important that you're surrounded by other thriving businesses because all business helps business. And so that's why, you know, we took the position that we did where, you know, if we don't need the money. We want to give it to those who, who absolutely need it and can, and can stay in business because it, it helps all of us in the long run. So let's say that you had, that you had a business in that kind of first, you know, one to three years of, of starting out before they'd had time to really prepare or, or do anything. What would you say to a business in that, in that situation where they, they haven't had time to, to kind of prepare and be in a position to kind of weather the storm as it were? Well, I'd, I'd say give them the old Barry Grills motto and improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> <laughs> so knowing knowing what you know now, having been in the thick of, of all the changes and everything, is there anything that you would do differently as your standard operating procedure to put yourself in, in an even better position for when some kind of global economic meltdown were to happen? I, personally, I think, you know, and I think this applies to, to most businesses is uh, establishing an online presence. You know, I think for us, if we would have the option to, to place an order online and, and have it shipped to you or to, to have it be able to be picked up in store, we kind of set ourselves up in a better position um, where we can rebound from a situation like this a, a lot more effectively. I don't really know if there's much, much more that you can do than that. You know, it's, it's, this is one of those things that just kind of came out of left field and, and nobody expected it. It's, you can only prepare for what, you know, is coming. 
you know, to a degree. I mean, you can you can you can hope for the worst, but I mean, the the multitude of, of things that could happen. I mean, there's just I don't, I don't think anybody could really fully prepare, you know, for for what we're experiencing now. I certainly think having gone through this now, <laughs> Adam's absolutely right. There's there was there's no way to prepare for something like this because this has never happened in my lifetime or your lifetime. So, you know, one of the things that we didn't do was just sit there and take it. We were very proactive trying to communicate and trying to make sure that we were doing the right thing. And that's why, you know, both times we shut down, I reached out to get clarity and, you know, make sure that we're not just sitting on our hands and, and it worked out. So don't give up. Just keep trying and, and innovate, you know, um, curbside is one of those things that we did that, that, you know, kept the doors open. So, um, yeah, I think you just have to, to innovate and, you know, you always have to be ready to pivot no matter what, you know, um, Adam and I have talked about this in the past where, you know, we have a storefront and, you know, something happens to the tobacco business, you know, we're prepared to pivot to something else. If, if that arises and uh, you just have to be flexible and fluid. So when kind of the thick of the storm has, has blown over and, and things are maybe starting to get back to whatever the new normal is, do you think that your the way that you are operating is going to be permanently affected and and what do you think that will look like? You know, I I, I hope that we return back to, to business as normal. Um, you know, I think given everything that has happened, I think that we can better set ourselves up. Uh, again, like I said, with the online presence, you know, and that kind of thing, I think that, you know, maybe that might be a, a natural evolution of the business just given uh, everything that's happened. But, you know, I think we're, we're running a pretty good show um, when, when all of this started. And, you know, I think uh, it was well received amongst the community. So if we can move back to that, um, I think people will be happy with it. And, you know, maybe that plus a little something. But uh, I think that's what we're hoping for. And I think that's really what everybody's hoping for. You know, Alec, one of the things that we are doing is we are doing one of those pivot moves. And um, we are going to expand our store. And uh, we actually were about one week away from that <laughs> when this happened. Surprise. <laughs> uh, but we are going to now be, um, after the remodel, uh, we're going to be selling beer and wine to go. So uh, that's a pivot for us. And we're hoping to, you know, we don't want to compete with the Safeways and the Fred Myers, but we want to be a kind of a specialty. I, I call it a convenience play. You're already there, you know, picking up cigars, and now you can pick up your favorite beer or your favorite wine, and you're already there. So um, the store is going to have a whole new look. It's going to be a lot bigger, and uh, uh, we're excited to to venture off into that. But that's a good pivot for us. It's another stream of revenue to. Uh, you know, keep the business going. Well, congratulations on that. That sounds huge. I'm excited to see that. Well, is there anything else that you want to, um, that you want to share? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, these are, these are stressful times. And if you ever consider to 
pick up a smoking habit. And that was a great time. You know, uh, don't give up. I think what we're going to see here is I think that we're going to see this community rally around all businesses. I mean, my heart goes out to the bars and the restaurants. Out oh there. gosh. Yeah. They're the hardest hit. And, um, I, you know, I remember nine 11 and how, you know, for a few weeks there, we were all kind of stunned and didn't know what to do. And one of the things that uh, the president did is he just come out and said, Hey, go back to your lives and, 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 you know, do what we were doing. Otherwise they win. And that call was answered. And I think the same thing is going to be with this thing. I think you're going to see people, excited to go out and really support those restaurants and bars and businesses that struggled. And if they can hang in there and get that money that they need to, to keep the doors open, this will be probably just a short memory. Sure. And I mean, on top of that too, it's, you know, if we watch all these places that we've grown to, to love closer doors, you know, it's, it's, it's basically like quarantine you know, for the, for a prolonged period of time, if we don't have that place to go, I mean, you know, so make sure that, you know, after all this, you go out, you support local and, you know, just, just show your love, man, show your appreciation. Cause you know, all of us, it, it takes a lot of blood, sweat and tears to, to run a business and, and to do it successfully and to, to, you know, be there for the community. Cause you know, it's, it's not just about, you know, the profits and stuff, you know, these are, these are relationships that we're building with our customers. And, and, you know, I know personally with all, all the people that come to my store, man, I mean, dude, that's my family, you know, at, at the end of the day, I 90% of those guys that come through my doors, you know, I know on a per name basis, and, you know, if I found myself falling on hard times, you know, I think that they would accept me on the couch. And I think a lot of other businesses are that way, you know, so let's, let's not lose that sense of community, you know, let's not lose those people that, that have a place in our lives, you know, whether or not we, we see it that way, you know, just go out and support your local business, man. Make, make some people happy support, support some people's lives. It is absolutely more important than ever to support our local businesses, be that restaurants, breweries, shops, or even high-end cigar lounges. Please take some time to reach out to the local businesses in your community and see how you can support them during this crisis. If you would like to get in touch with me about this podcast, you can send an email to podcast at alecbeers.com. I can't wait to post more of these interviews, so stay tuned for the next episode coming out later this week. This music has been provided by Otis McDonald. I encourage everyone to go check him out on YouTube as he is one of my favorite artists to use for background tracks. I hope everyone has a good rest of their day. And here's to our next conversation. Thank you.